the neurotic part of his personality is still the dominant part. So like nothing really has been able to overtake him, you know? It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we catch up with the God of Mischief in his new trailer. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that right out the gate. Uh, Disney is preparing for the parks to open back up, and we'll tell you why. Oh, this is a big deal. light at the end of the tunnel gets brighter and larger mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> yeah, God, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, Netflix and Sony are make a streaming deal. They're buddies now. Mm-hmm. And more. I totally forgot about that uh, streaming deal, too, so it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, I, I'm not a religious man, but I feel like the closest ritual I have in my life to religion is knocking on wood. Like, it's something that I literally do. Before mm-hmm. we before we started our recording here, uh, I was uh, telling you about my wife's second vaccine, and I, like, in order to not jinx myself, I was compelled to reach over to the molding uh, closest uh, to my uh, computer and microphone, and I knocked on it. So I will always be knocking on wood oh, yeah. for the perpetual... Uh, uh, eternity it's, it's about as midwestern as uh soaking everything in ranch mike so <laughs> it's that's uh, that's what we get i mean it's just a it's a habit around here mm, uh, well a wealth of ranch i mean if we're talking about food right now chris uh you warned me ahead of time that this new fangled uh, McDonald's chicken sandwich was not very good. And I got it yesterday uh, specifically because I found out that there's this limited time pies yeah. at the McDonald's and I never get the pies. Like I'm not an apple pie fan of like the Mc- I'm actually in general, I'm not a huge fan of apple pie. I'll eat if it's in front of me cause I'm mm. not a picky person, but they have like this new guava cream pie. And I love Is guava. Is it regional? Man. Because I don't see uh, Kentucky I, I would, knowing what a guava is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was regional. But at the same time, I didn't even know it was a thing until like a random person who lives out here mentioned it on Twitter. So I ran to my closest McDonald's and I was like, well, while I'm here, I might as well try this new chicken sandwich. And man, a letdown after letdown. Uh, I the chicken tried sandwich to warn was, you so bad. It was rubbery and chewy. And I mean, like. It's just like I don't understand why everybody is putting putting their chicken sandwiches in the like like these foil baggies. Like I know it's mm-hmm. kind of like I think it's like a thing. I don't know if Chick Fil A originated it or if they're just the biggest restaurant that puts their sandwiches in like these foil baggies. But I think it's doing a disservice to the sandwiches in general because you're kind of like steaming it, and I don't I just don't think it's doing a, a it's doing the sandwich uh, uh, any worth. So I wasn't a big fan of that. I even got the spicy one, and it was just okay. And then the guava pie was all right. A little bit of a, a letdown. I feel like the pastry yeah. that encompasses the mcdonald's uh, fruit fillings uh need very dominant flavors because it's not the best pastry in the world so i have a feeling the apple pie is probably still better um but so yeah that's I, what that's what i was eating this weekend so i am i'm going on, on a journey here because i'm the person who has a mcdonald's app on my phone um, <laughs> And uh, no, no, not a, not a mention of a guava anywhere on this. You know yeah. what? I mean, I mean, I mean, if we just really have to nail this uh, this home with the McDonald's uh, ordering experience. Uh, did you know all day breakfast is gone? I mean, I guess I'm not a McDonald's power user, and I don't know if these uh, if this is uh, participation. Uh, mm-hmm. Only, but I checked like four McDonald's in my area. None of them are serving breakfast after like eleven anymore. Well, uh, and I, I mean, think, I, I think, think it's partially due to COVID. But that, I would say, I would say, um, yeah, they probably uh, a lot of people weren't going to McDonald's for a while there. Um, 
I, I honestly, I'm, I'd be surprised if I could find anything around. I feel it was more like an empty promise. Like, Hey, we're going to do this for a little <laughs> bit and then disable, like, and then take it away when you least expect it. But I've never, I've never tried to go, uh, get breakfast after, yeah. you know, I mean, in the a morning. large, a large, large portion. I'm sure of our listener audience has, uh, had a brush with working in the food service industry. And the last thing you want is a more complex menu. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure the McDonald's workers did not like having a full menu that was including breakfast that they had to execute yeah. 24 hours a day. But the McGriddle is the highest point of human engineering when it comes to fast food. Nothing will top it. And it doesn't help that there's billboards around town that are showcasing the chicken McGriddle which mm-hmm. is just a chicken and waffle sandwich. And I've made it before on my own, before it was a menu item. I got the McChicken, I got the McGriddle, I Frankensteined it together, and it's uh, a gl- it's glorious. It's absolutely amazing. So now I'm going to have to wake up and get to a McDonald's I, before 11 so I can try it. I'm, I'm going to have to um, do I disagree. I, I really <laughs> don't like a McGriddle, uh, to, to be completely honest. Uh, I, I'm going to go, uh, before we get off McDonald's, we have strawberry and cream pie. I don't know if you guys have that out west. Oh, we don't. Um, and cherry and cream pie it seems to be our regional one. But I would be down with that cherry. I uh, love, but love nothing beats pies. the holiday pie for me. Um, that's it's just essentially, um, you know, a funfetti uh, icing <laughs> inside of a pie <laughs> shell, which is fantastic. <laughs> but Wendy's breakfast, Mike. That's where I'm going to go ahead and challenge you to try a <laughs> Wendy's breakfast because they have a honey and butter chicken biscuit. Um, that is to die for and they don't serve potato um the circles the little, little whatever they're called um hash rounds mm-hmm. with a hash brown they serve many potato wedges seasoned uh, as their side at wendy's so if you want to live a little little larger a little higher <laughs> on the on the fast food breakfast scale i challenge you to step into a wendy's or, or drive through a wendy's and just see what they have and, and sample it um <laughs> you, if, you know you, you know how radio stations every once in a while have to like break in through their scheduled programming to remind you what station you're listening to? Mm-hmm. This is their, just a regularly scheduled uh, reminder yeah. that this is a superhero site podcast. We will talk about superheroes eventually today, yeah. but I, I love talking about food, so oh, we, 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 I'm we absolutely not stopping. We haven't had a food rant <laughs> in, in a hot minute either, um, so so that that's... That's that's where we are with that. Um, I yeah, I, I just I just uh, I have a friend who works for Wendy's corporate, like you know, on the like, um, I think it's the mobile experience. I he he's probably gonna shoot me for getting it wrong, um, but um, it's uh he he's very much in the Wendy's thing. So he talked about how they went through like how they designed their breakfast menu and how they streamlined it so they didn't have to like make new kitchen appliances and something so they could use what they had <laughs> to make it. And he's like he's like, well, what's your feedback? And I'm like, this is by far the best breakfast menu i've had a long time <laughs> um I, I dare say it's above chick-fil-a which i've not had in, in a long time but um. see i i will never tell you tell anybody that fast food is healthy or something that they absolutely need in their life but i will say it's a, it's an it's an engineering and st- logistical uh, uh phenomenon from what uh, these restaurants have been able to yeah. do um i will i will soft transition us right now okay into the corn stream with a youtube channel that my wife and i have just been absolutely devouring over oh, the no. uh over the pandemic and a YouTube channel, uh, just a, a self-named uh, Matt Stoney, who is a competitive eater. Uh, I, I think his rank has kind of fluctuated just like all athletes, but I think right now he sits at like the number two competitive eater in the world, which is crazy. Cause I looked at that ranking and like uh, Kobayashi is like not there anymore. It wasn't, didn't he have like a, a Lance Armstrong, like doping scandal at some point in time? I don't, I think Kobayashi has been like ousted from the competitive eating world. 
but Matt Stoney is just like this this kid from the Bay Area who is a competitive eater, but also uh, kind of. Uh, facilitates this really fun YouTube channel where he like practices his competitive eating and he also does like challenges and he records them and like w- like every night but just before we go to bed we watch him like devour like four or five different things and then we just head to bed and it's just crazy like this this kick and just like down like 15 pounds worth of food in like a setting uh, you know he he just like he'll eat things extremely fast or he'll eat a lot of things over a period of time and it's uh, fascinating uh, it's really crazy though because I think the most intense thing we saw him eat was a bunch of Sour Patch Kids. He got, I think he went to uh, like a like a bulk food store. So imagine however large a Sour Patch Kids bag would be at a bulk store. You know, like not gigantic, but you know, it's candy, so it's a pretty big bag. And he like uh, was set to task. I think he was trying to eat three of those things in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the candy like literally like ripped his mouth up and he was like bleeding by the time he was done with it and it was just like it it, he it's not that's not always usual that just goes to show you how hardcore he is but he has like billions of views so he's like a big deal so if you want to dip your toe into the world of competitive eating on youtube go check out matt stoney he's fun to watch he's got like a he's kind of got like a set of characters that surround him he's kind of got like this like dopey kind of like stoned out brother named morgan that's always behind the camera like adding his colorful like uh, low-toned uh, commentary mm-hmm. then he has like a mysterious girlfriend that's never been on the camera but you can always hear her so i don't know these are just like the niche things that you get into when you start to uh or really become a fan of a youtube channel like other people are just like i, I have no idea why you like that but that's what yeah. youtube's for <laughs> well you can do anything i just looked i just did some research while you were you were explaining this um mm-hmm. kobayashi he he didn't get in trouble he just wouldn't sign a contract with nathan's uh, hot dogs are for exclusivity, so they like banned him from all their competitions for like eight years. Kind of Weird, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, it, it looked like he didn't really do anything like bad. They just, you know, they just uh, didn't want. I mean, they seemed like Nathan banned him for some reason, but it wasn't like he was like uh, doping Chris, up or anything. It like sounds that. like we need a competitive eating documentary yeah. to oh, get no. to I don't, the bottom of this. I don't. I don't. <sighs> get through this quickly because I've seen too many fucking ads for this <laughs> we work thing for me to be happy about it being on the show. So let's... yeah, th- yeah, this was uh, I, I, we saw this on Hulu last night. We just yeah. decided to throw it on. Cause you know, every once in a while you're just in the mood for a documentary. That's just mm-hmm. the type of entertainment you want to ingest. You want to be entertained, but also you want, you feel like you want to come away with something after you watch it. Uh, it's like a fun way to watch the news if you will. Yeah. Uh, and this is really just kind of like a, um, an expose mainly on the CEO of WeWork, not necessarily so much of what the business was, but about the guy that created it. And surprise, surprise, he's kind of like has these, he's like, like every other CEO you've ever heard about with kind of like these psychopathic, you know, tendencies, you know, wasn't out there necessarily killing or murdering people, but you know, he's just a really good talker, a really good liar, really good at like massaging the truth. So if you just kind of want to watch uh, the craziness that uh, happens with, uh, with mm-hmm. real estate and business, uh, I, I would say it was entertaining. This will, this one will hold your attention, but not the, not the craziest expose you've it, ever seen. You know, all this information's basically out there. And, and, you know, uh, just so people know, we work is the, the company that essentially buys real estates and lets you have mobile, offices like you can rent a space for them to work if you yeah, don't that, have a, yeah so you don't have to buy it so like this company was yeah, fine like, kind what, of like tw- 2010 is that right 
Yeah, it's kind of like the crux of the whole documentary of just yeah. like, is this a is this a cutting edge Silicon Valley technology company? Or at the heart of it, is it just a guy leasing property and just mm. kind of creatively dividing up a I, unit that he's leased? It, and you kind of, and then it kind of juxtaposes it uh, with the crazy valuation. That's the big part of the story that really hit the mainstream of this was like, I think this company was almost evaluated as high as $50 billion. Mm. And then seemingly overnight, it like just it just dropped it was like, to like almost nothing. The only thing I remember is um, they... Um, because I, I, I worked in real estate before my current job, and I remember mm-hmm. hearing about this throughout the whole thing, right? Corporate, you know, purchasing of, of real estate. And um, then I think it was, what, two years ago, three years ago, um, he was the – one of the CEO at the time was essentially paid to leave the company and never – talk to them again pretty much uh, yeah exactly when you kind of have this uh crazy like hostile ceo that's just uh making the investors crazy you give them what they call a golden parachute uh enough money to say just leave us alone yeah. just leave this thing you created alone because you're ruining it even worse yeah exactly and I, I think they're they've kind of bounced back since then haven't they um but i mean pandemic wise probably ruined them because everyone was working at home and they probably like oh shit now everyone can literally yeah, work we- at home and we don't need to do these spaces but yeah yeah uh WeWork Possibly. is definitely still around, but I think they've kind of removed the cult of personality away from it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember hearing. Him, and, and now the problem is, and, and this isn't your fault. Um, I'm just seeing <laughs> um, because I've uh, a lot of searches recently have been real estate in my mm-hmm. in my search thing. I see this ad for this all the time. It will <laughs> not go away uh, because well, of that. I, I mean, I know you and your wife are. Um, are exploring uh, yeah. uh, n- new real estate opportunities in your area. Oh, wow, it sounds like we've totally ch- turned into a real estate uh, uh, <laughs> podcast here. But there is a brief part of this documentary where they talk about We Live, which was an experiment in like a co-living space, which is a, just a fancy way to say adults living in a dorm. Uh, so, so you get a little bit of that yeah. in the documentary, which is, oh, which so, is crazy. So a hotel. Yeah, basically. A, a, a hotel, hotel, a fancy hotel. Spaces. There you go. Yeah. Well, so I there mean, you go. You know, it sounds like that CEO, maybe Danger was his middle name. <laughs> oh, thank you for transitioning You're to welcome. the other thing I watched, which is Austin Powers, yeah. which I, I've seen pop up more recently on social media, which is a good sign for HBO Max, which is where it's streaming, because this is, I would say, almost an exclusive power that Netflix has had in the past. When a movie lands on Netflix that hasn't you know, really been in the zeitgeist in a while, the power of Netflix, of it being a tastemaker, will suddenly push it over to social media and people will be talking about it again. And I've seen HBO Max been doing that recently as well. All of the Mummy movies were on HBO Max, uh, uh, you know, just recently. And Brendan Fraser has had another resurgence on, you know, at least trending in my sections. And also, I've seen people talk about the Mummy movies. And now I'm starting to see people talk about Austin Powers again too. So mm-hmm. if I was a uh, HBO Max CEO or uh, an executive, I feel pretty happy that yeah. you know that you're kind of breaking through to the trending section with your streaming service. But I think all of the Austin Power movies are up there, if I remember correctly. I don't uh, remember off the top of my head if. Uh, Warner, AT&T, you know, HBO owns them or if they're just leasing them. Uh, but as of right now, you can watch them there. And it's been so long since I've seen the first Austin Powers. We rewatched it and had a great time. But the big gut punch make you feel super old is Austin was frozen in the 60s and brought back in the 90s. And the big thing that's been hitting my timeline <laughs> is if they had to remake this movie now, Austin would, would have been frozen in the 90s. And brought yeah. back today, which makes me feel so 
so old. But also at the same time, I like the idea. I like the idea of imagining somebody that's just so unauthentically just like entrenched in like 90s culture like a character being uh, frozen someone being from brought. seattle the, the yeah. grunge movement like <laughs> yeah i i've seen a lot of people also talk about there's a south park episode where like this dude in the 90s yep. gets frozen and then gets brought back and it, it might the play 2000s. similar like yeah. that so uh, uh long and the short of it is uh go i guess go check out austin powers on hbo max because hey. it'll make you feel old or i guess if you're a younger folk and you've never seen it before go watch this classic well he, he, here's the thing I, and I, I think i mentioned on the show i watched it a couple weeks ago maybe a month or two ago on hbo because um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a short movie it's like an hour and a half right very mm-hmm. quick uh, mike myers this is this is peak mike myers um and mm-hmm. i i believe as a young child i did not realize he was playing both austin and dr evil at that time <laughs> yeah. because he didn't really they they were very different characters right they they, they looked as the series progressed they kind of gave up the charade a little bit mm-hmm. and it kind of delved more into like oh we're 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 not being a serious it sounds weird not being a serious parody or skewer on the spy genre um that austin powers kind of was the other ones are like okay well now we have him playing fat bastard and now we have him playing you know gold member and i'm like uh, he doesn't even try to look different he's like us oh, mike myers and quick makeup mm-hmm. because they want to go quickly and you know i, I really enjoy that but i i i found myself um the the problem with this movie is when i watch it i find myself quoting it for the next week afterwards <laughs> and uh, like to like to a fault like you know mm-hmm. there there's there's quotes you can do and, and you you mentioned this earlier like off the air like oh this seems like a movie you know chris would know the quotes too and i do sadly i do um <laughs> so lately uh since i watched it um everything i was like oh that sort of thing it's not my bag baby Mm. written and signed by austin powers like the whole swedish made penis larger <laughs> pump section like i i, I just uh, find myself doing gag. that part for some reason and i'm like why yeah. and i'm like oh yeah yeah that's it, that's because it's it just, is funny it's so that funny. it is funny that you mentioned how they kind of uh they use uh, mike myers to play different roles when you're rewatching the first film you kind of forget is they shroud uh, Dr. Evil's face intentionally in the mm. first act of the movie uh, almost like so the audience isn't supposed to know who he is so it's like a reveal like halfway yeah. through the film that Dr. Evil is played by Mike Myers and it makes me wonder how were the trailers cut when this movie came out did they did they just put that out there in the open that he was playing multiple roles or if it wasn't mm. a surprise so I thought that was kind of weird and kind of funny uh, but yeah, yeah Austin Powers go check it out we gotta watch the second one next because I think a lot of the iconic a lot of iconic stuff comes from the second one like the second one was like uh, a very successful sequel like you know you don't get that a lot nowadays a lot of sequels that come out are always like people always like complaining comparing it you know you especially comedy sequels they don't always go over as well but the second one i would say is almost more iconic than the first one uh i I, I'm the other way. I couldn't tell you any line from the second one right now. The, I want if, my baby back, baby back, baby back. Baby okay, back. you, you got baby. Yeah, uh, that's Mini Me, isn't it? Um, I, I forgot about him being. That's introduced Fat in that Bastard one. wanting to eat Mini right. Me. Mini Me yep. was interesting. That see, I always do that, you know, because you know he's like, um, who throws a shoe? Honestly, like whenever I take my mm. shoes off when I come home, I toss it across the room. <laughs> who throws a shoe? On? It's just. It's I don't it's something about it's 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 not an it's not an innocent movie by any means he's literally trying to have sex with everybody in this movie but like <laughs> it's still an innocent fun movie like you know what I'm saying like it's still uh it, it just fits for you know uh, what's what uh, Saturday Night Live you know actors yep so. hashtag speaking of nineties kids Chris speaking <laughs> of innocent critters that are not so innocent Mike because they straight up murder people 
Oh, no. Ewoks. Chris, no, Chris, just before we started recording today, I was just kind of like bouncing around on Disney Plus, you know, while I was eating my lunch. What am I going to watch here? And I was like, oh, yeah, they added all this weird vintage kind of uh, Star Wars Star stuff Wars. on Disney Plus. Yeah. Let's let's jump into this Ewok show and see how long I last. And to answer that question, not very long at all. I watched about maybe four minutes of uh, Ewoks, and it. if you're just curious, go ahead, but I don't think this is going to intentionally hold anyone's sober attention uh it's bizarre it starts off with the weirdest theme song it's like sounds like it's sung by somebody who lives in a van down by the river who like is just surrounded by a bunch of banjos but you know there's not any banjos in the song it's just like this dude just like it sounds like he's sitting 20 feet away from the microphone so just the quality of the theme song is just very bizarre in general and also the character designs are so funny because uh I think almost every mammal I've ever seen on planet Earth and also in any depiction of any uh, science fiction, uh, they might have weird tendrils. They might have hair, different limbs, you know, crazy horns, but they always seem to have white, at least parts of their eyes, right? You know, like, I, what do you call that? It's not the iris, but just the, is that the, not the, it's, you got iris, you got pupa, and then you got the white stuff that's around it all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the weird thing they do with the Ewoks is if you have, if they have like a purple Ewok, they give like this purple shade to the eye. And if it's a brown Ewok, there's like a brown shade to the white part of the eye. So like every Ewok looks like they're tripping on acid in this show. And it's so weird. It's bizarre. Uh, it's a trip, that's for sure. So I could recommend at least watching the first couple minutes of the first episode. Um, I scrolled through the thumbnails of the second season just to see how much it changes. And it does look like the, the character models and the designs kind of get changed over time. So maybe it gets a little bit more watchable as you move on. But, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to pay for it. If you're already paying for uh, Disney Plus and you're just curious... Uh, Go, go mm-hmm. check out Ewoks, I guess, it, just yeah. to experience the weird theme song, man. It's so bizarre. Well, I think it's more of a nostalgia thing because, like you said, they added the other Ewok movies as well, the live-action ones. Mm. I heard about them when I was younger, but I didn't watch them. But, you know, it's also a good plug to say, hey, uh, the um, Gendy Tartakovsky, uh, Clone Wars is on there. Uh, volumes yeah, 1 and, and 2, not Volume 3, though, is my understanding, so... Yeah, they've they've listed it. They they definitely have not listed it by micro episode. So yeah. uh, there's like two episodes, and they're like seventy minutes long. So uh, you can't just like search for what you what you want in there. Yeah. But um, that that's leading up to the big thing here. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. might be something people have been requesting at least one or both of us dive into for the longest time with mm-hmm. superhero no. sh- superhero <laughs> slate, the show where we talk about TVs, movies, and superheroes, and that is the show iconically known as Smallville. That's right, hmm. Smallville. <laughs> I believe 2002 is when this the show adorned the airwaves. And uh, my wife is a, was a big fan of this show. She was like a weekly watcher. Uh, she said she'd shut the door in her bedroom because she, um, she uh, tells me all the time about how she saved up her own money to buy herself her own TV when she lived at home. And she would uh, get uh, snuggled under the covers and watch us the adventures of Clark Kent and Smallville. And I have to say, this show is very much a product of its time, but it's fun to think back about what people were thinking when this show came out right. Uh, the superhero scene was very, very strange back in the early 2000s, right? The only other kind of superhero, I mean, Superman TV show would have been the Lois and Clark show. But I even remember that show being advertised on the airwaves 
and it was not advertised as something kids should watch. I feel like every commercial or every trailer I ever show, I ever saw for Lois and Clark was always about like, look at this relationship between this man and a woman. Oh, and surprise, surprise, the man is also Superman. So I was just like, this is not for me. This was not made for kids. This is for mm-hmm. like an older crowd on ABC to watch. So when Smallville came out, I'm sure a lot of people were excited, right? The first time that we ever seen a younger Superman, you know, on the TV screen, a weekly adventure uh, and I'm sure it was also exciting watching the show evolve. You know, he slowly gains his powers. You know, at least I'm about, you know, I think like maybe eight or ten episodes into the first season. And he just only has a handful of his powers right now. So I imagine it's quite a journey watching this whole series as he gains different powers. You know, he doesn't have X-ray vision yet, but I am kind of curious. When does Clark get an X-ray vision? Or not X-ray vision, uh, laser vision. That'll be very helpful. He already mm-hmm. has X-ray vision. I think that's like episode three. Um but it's so cheesy because they are using the early 2000s uh, uh, um, F, uh, visual effects that they can. Uh, so there's just like, they, there's, uh, I can't, ex- I, I just can't explain it. It's just fun. It's kind of cheesy. It's quirky. Uh, it, it's, I would say for the time it, like it came out, I, I would say it's pretty groundbreaking. Uh, I, they were cranking out, you know, 20 episode seasons for like five or six seasons. There's a lot of content here to go through. Uh, I yes, I have seen the screen caps and the clips and the screenshots of eventually when they put like a a proto Justice League together. They're oh, yeah. all wearing basically yeah, yeah. these hoodies, and I know it's all gonna be cheesy, but you know I have to say I am having a fun time. So, it's it's very it's very much very much a monster of the week setup, and I have to say I don't know if necessarily this is an original idea to Smallville the TV show or if maybe this idea was seeded in an earlier comic book, but they have Clark come down in the meteor with a whole meteor shower so the whole premise of the show is these monsters throughout uh you know uh smallville or people gaining powers is all due to shards of kryptonite that have showered the town so people dig them up on their farms it gets in their flowers it gets in the bugs and uh you know people basically get kind of like these cursed monkey paw powers right uh there's an episode that we watched with amy adams the amy adams who starts off in a fat suit and all she wants to do is she just wants to be a high schooler that's thin so she starts drinking these shakes from her garden that have kryptonite in them and they make her thin but at the same time she has this intense craving for fat so she becomes like a fat vampire where she like lures high school boys into like uh basements and she she sucks the fat out of their bodies so it's it's just like so cheesy and like so hilarious but like it's starting to get kind of addictive you start to get connected oh, to no. these characters oh, and no. everything <laughs> so uh i i know you have a different opinion yeah. on this but for me coming at this so much later with so much more kind of perspective on the horizon of like when this came out and everything i have to say i'm having a pretty good time and i think there's a good chance uh stay subscribed uh listen i think i might have more and more updates of this show over the next couple of months so you have 10 seasons to go through uh, not four or five. They did 10 <laughs> seasons of this, uh, 20 to 22 episodes each. I remember watching this. It, it actually came out in 01. Uh, I remember watching this kind of growing up. And then I gave up on it like two seasons, three seasons. And I'm like, I'm just not. It's, it's a lot to watch, right? Um, they're they're hour long. Is that correct? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a full-fledged drama. So yeah. it's about 44 minutes and, without commercials. And it was on the, the WB um mm-hmm. before it became the cw so i didn't like if i could get the wbn i'm not spending my time watching uh smallville <laughs> on it kind of thing 
um, because I, I didn't get good reception for the WB in, in my area. But I'll tell you, um, I just I had started hanging out with these people in 2008, and they were obsessed with it. And I was just – I wasn't having it, man. Uh, this, <laughs> this show did just, just rubbed me the wrong way for that for a lot of reasons. And I think it was because of – it was it was a, a teen drama kind of show. Oh, and, and it's totally understandable. I could yeah. totally get why somebody would try to jump into this show when it was airing. Like, what's going yeah. on here? I want to see, like, Superman. I want to see these powers. I want to see the cape. I want to see the suit. I want to see the aliens. Where's all the good stuff? So, yeah, you just you have to be on and, board with the premise. Or I, I can't imagine anybody and, just jumping into it, like, going, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember, you know, catching it much later. Um, yeah, we, we were in college actually probably it was about the end of our college run mike uh when the justice league one came out um and it's the only i believe in my my history because i just i actually just listened to a podcast on this episode it's the only episode in the entire series that is two words um and the all the other ones are one word if you go through Mm -hmm. and notice this for and which i think it was fun but i also remember what was um the guy who played star killer in the force awakens the voice of darth maul i think plays doomsday as well in the show um you're in for a ride you're in for a ride (laughs) because they're gonna like they're gonna get wild with some of these characters later on um but you know at the same time like i i turned off you know possibly six seven seasons and maybe that's where i kind of tuned out a little bit so um i really uh uh yeah, I'm not gonna go revisit it, but I, I'm gl- I'm glad you're you're enjoying it with a. Um, <laughs> now that we have golden TV to watch, right? We have good shows that we can watch, that mm. you can go back and watch this because, like, at the time, I was, I was like, oh no, this is if this is peak superhero show, <laughs> we're done. This yeah, is yeah, and also, also I should say this is streaming on Hulu right now. Uh, I don't know who actually owns the rights to this TV show. I would think logically in my head, eventually a streaming contract would expire and this would end up on HBO Max with all the other Warner Brothers stuff. But who knows? This could have been something that was you know leased out to a different production company, and maybe it is home at uh, Hulu for the foreseeable future. I don't know, but it's, you can uh, check it out over there right now. Well, it was a WB. So Warner Brothers and then CW, which I assume still owns it. So I think it's a Warner Brothers. So it could go to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it if that if that's how they do it. I, again, I don't know who made it. It but makes I, the most sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. I looked it up right now. Uh, yeah, it is Warner Brothers. They are the distributor and the production company as well. Okay. Perfect. Uh, but you always got to you always got to check on that stuff because who knows? It could be technically like a CBS <laughs> production. Paramount Plus. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Smallville. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things I always, I just remember is ingrained in my head the WB, you know, the frog singing the WB commercials during WWB, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, 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 kind of thing. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's what it was on. So that that's good. You're going through that, Mike. I mean, thank God we can do that. Now I did the same <laughs> thing and stepped back because we have Paramount Plus. Um, I've never ever watched an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation in my life. Oh my life. gosh, we're like nerds going back and yeah. doing our homework right now. Chris. So. Um, I, it's not, I, I always remember again. I, I want to say I believe start. What was channel was this on? Was this also on WB or or, cha- or like maybe channel three or I say three. You don't I know don't know. I mean, it would. Be, I, uh, I believe it would be CBS, right? Viacom, probably, CBS, probably CBS. Yeah. So uh, I remember watching something else on CBS, and then on my little tube TV with my antenna, like I barely get channels in, and then I or I'd be playing games and I go to turn the game off, 
and Star Trek would come was was on all the time. Um, the Next Generation. I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I knew that theme song like nobody's fucking business. <laughs> uh, I never watched an episode. I never cared to watch it on that that old TV. But I I was always aware of it and aware of the the culture surrounding the this show right. Um, in the 80s and Star Trek. And we hear more about Star Trek more and more. Like, they keep going on. Uh, it's not in our notes, but apparently they put the next, the four Star Trek movie on, on a calendar um, somewhere down the road, but we have no other information on it. Um, but I went back and watched the first episode, and I knew one of the characters in this was a character named Q. Are you familiar with Q in Star uh, Trek? The only, the only Q that I know of right now is QAnon, which is not good, so... Well, not even uh, the James no. Bond Q. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying, but, okay. But, but Q is this, like, omnipotent being who is this, like, you know... He shows up and he can do anything. He's, like, some sort of, like, God-level space alien kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, he, he's kind of in this judging the metal of humans. And I, I didn't realize he was in the first episode. I just knew about him about later seasons because I've watched Picard. So I'm like, well, let's go back and watch this. And boy, this show actually has really good uh, ship graphics and CGI mm-hmm. for being in the 80s. Like the, the exterior of the ship looks really fantastic. And I don't know if it's a model and they filmed it or if it's actually like animated, like in high detail kind of thing. So I'm going to pay attention to this. And also, I didn't know this. The, 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 the little saucer portion of the Star Trek ship, the Enterprise, mm-hmm. can detach from the bottom at any given time. No, I di- actually didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. And they, they did in the first episode. So uh, I'm, I'm going to revisit Star Trek. I'm going to try to watch this. This is like an hour-long drama, right, um, sci-fi. So um, I'm going to be trying to, to watch some here and there. Maybe I'm, I might do the um, what I call the Mike Royer method where I go get a list of essential episodes and, <laughs> and just watch those because there's yeah, a Yeah, you got to speed run through it yeah there's a lot of star trek going on and I, i'm not really catching up to anything but i mean i'm like if i'm not in love with star trek to begin with i find i'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna find it hard to watch it all um mm. but you know with, with star trek you know um being on the rise with you know the hit on discovery right all uh, uh lower decks uh, picard um there's some some good stuff going on here i'm excited to kind of dive into star trek so if anyone has any recommendations please do let me know because uh, I'm 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 venturing where no Chris has ventured before into <laughs> the land of Star Trek. So um, make it so, Mike. Uh, but this isn't a show about Star Trek or some. Well, it's almost about Smallville. Never mind. Take it back. We're here to talk <laughs> about superhero news, not olds. So we're going to jump into some news here, which I think uh, again one of what I'm looking forward to most in the MCU on Disney Plus is the Loki show. We got our official trailer for the, the show this week and mike you didn't even get to watch it until right before we recorded uh, i just watched it so yeah sometimes trailers drop earlier in the week and like i'm just not around like a screen where i want to ingest it at the moment so i'm like i'll just wait until sunday before we record and i'll watch it then and i have to say this was great this had mm-hmm. everything i wanted in it and to show my hand a little bit at the before we talk at the end of the show I'm not having the best time with Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now, and this was like a breath of fresh air. Everything about this is great. Uh, it looks like there's amazing production design for all of these different sets. Uh, there's these really grand kind of special effect shots where we're kind of seeing either different universes or planets or the cosmos mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, um, Tom Hiddleston 
looks hilarious with some of the lines that he's been given. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to like the writing and the storytelling. It, it, uh, it made me feel a little bit like in uh, the Umbrella Academy in that second season. And I think they maybe a little bit in the first season. I don't quite bit. remember where they dabble with that kind of time travel office type environment. Yeah. So I really kind of love this weird ethereal plane that we're going to get to visit. And everything just looks so much more premium in this one. And I'm really starting to vibe off of this energy that you've had, particularly for the show for a while, where this this was the streaming show that you have been looking forward yeah. to. And watching this trailer has finally put me onto it. So I'm, I'm so well, stoked for this. I, I think one of the, the biggest things I'm impressed with is probably the, the simplest effect they're doing is with the doors between dimensions. Oh, yeah. It's like frosted glass that they walk yeah, through. Yeah, and it's just like a, a rectangle pops out, and then they walk through it, and you're in the new scene kind of thing or the new mm-hmm. area. And that looks pretty pretty dope um, for, for what it is. And, you know, it seems to be like they're leaning into, you know, what Thor Ragnarok did, a little more comedy, a little more... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, humor with Loki because, you know, there is a scene in this where they're like, you know, please sign all these papers to verify this is everything you've ever said. And I believe he says, um, I, I don't remember. He's like, you can't be serious. And then that, that prints off. And he's like, you can yeah. sign this too. So uh, I, I, I sat here listening to Mike watch it and I heard him laugh actually quite a bit during this. It was this hilarious. Trip. I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, it doesn't look, it looks like Loki is working with the TVA and there may be a couple of scenes where it looks like he may try to escape them to begin with, or maybe he's chasing somebody else down. I couldn't tell. Yeah, um, it would be surprised not to imagine Loki escaping. I mean, they, yeah. they mention about how often he stabs people in the back in this trailer, which was which was so good, so perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I checked with Chris because I often forget about the own news that we report on this show, and they have uh, created a production company at least to hopefully facilitate a second season yes. of this show, so this could spin off into more and more. I think my single favorite thing about this is how they just casually refer to Loki, the other characters, as variant Loki. Like, Mm -hmm. how uh, just, like, nerds would kind of, like, talk about these characters in, like, a comic book. Like, oh, yeah, none of us believe that this is the mainline Loki. This is the variant Loki. We don't really know what he's up to or how he's changed or if he'll be any different. Yeah, but this is variant Loki. And I was like, I like that. Like, there's a little bit. Yeah, and I I think, you know, to to jump to the next bullet point I have here is, you know, it does show... The branching timeline theory, right? That um, mm-hmm. the yeah, there's a li- there's a literally a graphic of that yeah. looks like a branch, <laughs> and they they, they, they kind of show that in the what in game with the uh, Sorcerer Supreme uh, Tilda mm-hmm. Swins character. So they actually show it here yet again. Uh, and I counted, I paused it. It's like 14 branches on the initial mm-hmm. shot. So you know whether he does that or you know um, maybe there's other things going on, and he's like, we need your help um, because you know you are you have magic up your sleeve. You're you're a trickster. We're more of a, the FBI by the book kind of thing, right? It seems like a buddy cop kind of show um, a little bit. So I'm excited to kind of see what they do with that. Uh, fun fact, the um, the actress who seems to be like the judge there is Judge Rinslayer. And the, the last name Rinslayer is actually uh, the name of the character Kang falls in love with. That's his wife or I guess uh, the love that he's trying to save in Earth's Minus Heroes. You remember that? Like her last yeah, name is Rinslayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this could tie into Kang... Uh, and his time traveling abilities and Ant-Man and the Wasp a little bit as well down the road. Um, like it. Um, which, you know, again, we talked about the potentiality of a season two. The show doesn't have to do the same gimmick, right, of time travel and stuff like that. But it would be nice to see, you know, this is not the Loki we get because after he would actually have to go back to the Avengers, right? And the Loki we get in the Dark World and um, 
I believe, uh, what was he showed back up in Ragnarok. You know, it's a little different, a little different kind of character. So, uh, you know, this being a variant of that, maybe he could be brought back a little bit to the main universe. I hope not. I think, you know, death should be a permanent thing in, in, in if, some of these comic book movies. I, but. I think if he does ever make it back to the main universe, I really hope they don't play it off with a joke, right? I know Thor, mm-hmm. he's, he's a very jokey character now, which I'm totally okay with, but he watched very emotionally a lot of people die to Thanos' hands at the very beginning yeah. of Infinity War, including his brother gets strangled. He, like, literally changed colors. Like, that would be traumatizing, and if, even if you are kind of like this god, so if Lo- if this version of Loki does come back to the main timeline and, you know, eventually meets up with his brother again, I expect that to be an emotional moment and not played off with an immediate joke because well, I think that would be kind of – it wouldn't it, that wouldn't be believable to the situation. So. As long as we don't have the team who did Thor the Dark World in charge of it, they won't make death a funny <laughs> thing. So I think, we'll, I think we'll be fine there. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I hopefully he does. Maybe he doesn't meet up with Thor. Maybe, maybe he's doing other stuff and runs into other characters, right? Maybe this very – is the one they keep like we need you to help us deal with other time stuff mm-hmm. um possibly it's the one maybe he shows up in the um what's that animated show what if coming up so mm-hmm. we could see some of these branches become the what ifs yeah, for that show so i'm excited i think the effects look on point the the strong cast uh between uh, tom hiddleston and uh owen wilson i think is gonna be mm-hmm. a great great show and a lot more mystery that we don't know about so knock on wood there Black Widow, we announced recently, got uh, pushed back to July 9th uh, for theaters and is getting a premiere access release, right? And this delay uh, from this May release, uh, you know, a couple of months, has actually tripled the box office forecast for this movie. Uh, kind of not saying it's coming back to normal, but more people are open to go to the theaters the back half of the year than this yeah. current front half. Yeah, I'm not I surprised. I mean, at least here in the United States, we we hit a record-breaking vaccination number just the day before we recorded this uh, podcast. So, you know, if, if things go well, uh, it's not hard to project when things could possibly be somewhat going back to normal for the movie theaters. So, uh, well, you know, companies like to follow the money, so they are yeah. following the money right now. Right, and, and also I think people are like, okay, um, we have the option of theater and, and online. So that that's actually mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm more apt to watch this movie because they're giving me choices too, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what that goes like. I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I got to go to the theater. Uh, I think we've talked about it in depth. You know, I'm going to do both uh, so we can watch it as many times as we want without having to go back to the theater. But I'll go to the theater the first time kind of thing um, along that road. Currently, if you go to the Disney Plus app, Mike, you can add this movie to your watch list already. So um, Ooh, you'll know fancy. when to purchase it on Disney Plus or, or be alerted when it's released. So um, check that out uh, whenever you get a chance. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, action figures are hitting. Do you know why these action figures are hitting, Mike? Because this movie's been delayed uh, several <laughs> yeah, this times. Was supposed to be out already. The plastic has been made. <laughs> yes, they have done that, and I have uh, a couple of them here. So uh, I'm not there. There are story spoilers on these toys, so just avoid things. I don't think they're huge spoilers, to be completely honest. So, um, but I just want to share a couple bits facts I didn't realize that the character Winwu will be uh, Shang Chi's father in this movie, um, and then uh, Zhao Ling is his sister as well, who both get action figures in the upcoming thing. So my presumption is they're all very martial artsy is martial artsy family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to see them all get some action scenes and see kind of what that dynamic is, whether it's good or bad. Uh, I won't tell you. So um, 
I'm, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this movie and how it kind of expands the universe. And we finally get the Ten Rings after them threatening with them since again 2008, the first Iron Man. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, anything, anything else you want to add to that? You, I'm not going to tell you anything, but if you want an after Patiently show, let me know. Waiting for a trailer, right? Yes. We haven't even, we haven't seen Simulu even in costume yet, right? Outside of just like concept art. So, <laughs> toys. We, we, we don't, <laughs> We we don't really we don't really have much uh, to see here, so yeah, uh, I want I want to see more. It uh, I will tell you um the concept art we have seen from um for this and the toys look pretty comic accurate, so I'm I'm excited mm. to see. It. I want to see this is something yeah we were very worried about Iron Fist right um a martial arts character right one of the martial arts masters you got his TV show like great let's see some martial arts let us down on the ten ten different rings of levels of down Mike we we got <laughs> we got so low on that um I'm really excited to see a cinematic martial arts film kind of yeah. kind of picked up and what that looks like um i know we're just chomping at the bit to get to this mortal Kombat movie in, in a couple weeks at the end of this month but um i don't think that a a b-level mortal Kombat movie is going to take on an, an mcu level uh you know martial arts film uh kind of thing so i'm excited to see what this looks like uh trailer bring us on the trailer give it give it to us falcon and the winter soldier we're not going to talk about it right now. This is just announcements. The uh, last week, after last week's episode, they Marvel announced a site based on the city of Madripoor, and I only bring this up because I I was told this through a news article, but I cannot find the sources. Apparently, it had like removed some names, some references to like X Men, uh, and Shang Chi in this site somewhere. I, I visited the site. It's a pretty basic site, if I'm going to be so, completely honest. So, yeah, there's not much here. So you're saying that they there were elements published on the page, and they had to go back and retract them. Yes. And, okay. And I don't have any screenshots saying they existed. Like, there was references mm-hmm. to Mystique. There was some other stuff, uh, Shang-Chi and, and, and the the um, his nation and the, and the Ten Rings stuff. And I can't find them. I've never seen sources of this, but I saw the news article. So if anyone has seen this website before – it got removed. I think my theory is these are not X-Men references for the MCU, but someone uh, who was put in charge of this website said like, Hey, it's about Madripoor. Go do your research. They saw all the X-Men stuff, um, you know, being, you know, for, for pirates and, 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 sh- and you know, a port for X-Men and stuff like that and, and mutants and put it on here and not realizing it wasn't part of the actual MCU's yeah. Madripoor. It would, yeah, who knows? And we don't really know what those references are. Like, so if it was in the yeah. source code, like when you're coding a website, you know, you have to identify certain elements, and you can l- literally make up any word that you want. So if you're just trying to, like, you know, oh, what class do I want to give to this header? I'll, I'll just, I'll just call it Mystique, just because it'd be fun, you know. And then a nerd yeah. use the source code and go like, oh my god, Mystique confirmed. So who knows uh, exactly uh, okay. what that is? But I mean, it's, I mean, it's a fact. Eventually, we're going to get to the X. So, you know, no one should be like totally shocked that eventually we'll see well, here, X-Men references at some point. I found one of the images. Um, I just did a, did a quick search here and it's like the ship mm-hmm. name is Mystique and it's nothing really about the actual X-Men. So they went back <laughs> and took off some of these names of these ships because they're like, ah, people will probably extrapolate too much. They learned what WandaVision did to these shows. Yeah, make it like, weird to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think they also made fun of WandaVision on SNL this weekend. Um, so if, uh, on, um, it's kind of like celebrity jeopardy, but it wasn't it was like, what's wrong with that picture kind of thing. Um, okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, I found one of the images and sent it to you, Mike, and looks like, yeah, I just checked it out. Yeah. It's like very innocently. Like I would never have been like, Oh my gosh, 
oh my gosh, this is this is confirmation of X Men in, in the universe. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, this summer, June fourth. I guess that's not summer yet. It's the late spring. Uh, Avengers Campus is opening at Disneyland over in there in California, Mike. Damn straight. Uh, and then we got a video here to kind of showcase some of the um, facilities. Uh, kind of go in there. Uh, there are uh, at least four locations that I know of. The Worldwide Engineering Brigade, which stands for Web, which if you can't figure it out, that's Spider-Man's place. Uh, Mission Breakout, which I think has been there for years. Um, mm-hmm. You've ridden on that, correct, Mike? Mm-hmm. It is super fun. Perfect. Doctor Strange's Sanctum is another location. And then Hank Pym's Test Kitchen, which is the dining uh, choice there. So. Yeah, and if you're not super familiar with Disneyland or if you've been there once or twice, this basically, if I remember correctly, used to be the Bugs Life Land, which is very much targeted towards kids. I never, I only ever walked through it once as more of a shortcut to get from one end to the park of the other. So I don't even really remember what Bugs Life rides or experiences may have may have existed there. But they seem to be kind of just re- replacing experiences with experiences. There's really mm-hmm. no new rides here, but there is supposed to be new stuff to experience. Like you know, basically what they've announced is like new ways to sell you things. There's like a couple new gift shops uh, and restaurants, but there's also supposed to be like some sort of like Spider-Man show that's supposed to happen yeah. because they kind of talked about it a little bit with some of the Disney Park documentaries that aired with the Disney Plus streaming service. You know, like over a year ago, where somehow like Spider-Man's going to be on some sort of like crazy drone or something and it's going to look like he's swinging around in the background or something so i'm curious to see what that looks like in person but as of right now no new ride but hopefully this is like a template to hopefully add a new ride eventually yeah and this this you know this there's like well why isn't this in california or florida not california not florida well that's because of the universal park ride deal with Mm -hmm. marvel they still have those uh, rights in Florida for some reason. I don't know. I, we don't know the deals. We're not lawyers. We, we weren't mm-hmm. there. But you know, in California, that rule is not in place. So they can build a whole MCU scenario here. And mm-hmm. also, they want you to go to every park. Um, they're not going to make them identical for you, sadly. Um, so, I, I mean, this was, this is a reason. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going in June. A level with you, bike, but probably, <laughs> maybe, hopefully within a year, well, maybe twenty twenty two. This is just more incentive to get you out here to California because yeah. you've yet to go to go to Disneyland with me. Yeah, and uh, we'll be able to experience some fun stuff. I know they they're also doing some kind of retheming to some parts of downtown Disney with some Wakanda uh-huh. stuff involved. So the the biggest downside to Disneyland that most people know is they are limited on land space. This isn't just like the Florida swamp where they're able to buy like an entire county and make a theme park like they're like in anaheim doing the best that they can to like build up and kind of strategically out and around and like just get rid of the old stuff and build new stuff to keep the park fresh so um yeah i I guess stay tuned because eventually i'll be able to experience this stuff uh when i'm all vaccinated yeah and and they're open and open safely and i i'm honestly i mean i love disney food um if i can say anything about going to the one in florida i I like Mm -hmm. the they've they've for some a park that gets thousands of people a day, they have somehow made a way to make this quick and easy and delicious all around. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's impressive. Uh, since we were talking about fast food engineering early on, so I'm very <laughs> excited to see what the Marvel food samplings are here at Hank Pym's Test Kitchen and and see what they do. Maybe they do like 
little bitty food that tastes like something else. Like, you know, they shrunk it down. It's like, oh, it's a little it's a little turkey. Maybe it tastes like turkey kind of thing. That's basically what like a bouillon cube is, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is a whole turkey boiled down into a cube. Like, oh, God, it's so salty. Yeah. It's because it's a bouillon cube. <laughs> exactly. I, I always think of Willy Wonka, like when they, they shrink down, like, or, or was it Violet's chewing the gum that tastes like a full course meal kind of thing? So mm-hmm. uh, we'll knock on wood there. But speaking of other parks, I don't know. Does, does California Disney have a Star Wars park? Yes, we do. We have it. Okay. Uh, they, uh, I visited it, uh, unfortunately, just before they were able to uh, open up the uh, the big ride, the uh-huh. one that's also down in Florida. It's like a Kylo Ren, like some sort it's of a, it's ride. It's the Millennium Falcon one, isn't it? Yeah. Where you, no, like... the Millennium Falcon was the one ride that was open. Their second okay. ride is the one that's on the, the trail, like the thing. That yeah, it, zips yeah. It's like you're in like a robotic cart that that moves from like area to area inside of this. Uh, thing and i think like kylo ren's involved and, and stuff it's supposed to be pretty cool but uh, it wasn't open Is, when that, I was that's in. the yeah. one where four people like control it right or something or was that the millennium falcon that, that's the millennium falcon okay, yeah okay, that's okay. the more interactive so one. yeah that, it wasn't open when i got in but i mean i was standing on on the, the the pixar side of the fence looking into the park while i was there mm. so i didn't get to see it but i know that you know disney parks in star wars huge huge opportunity right now they've, they've opened this up but they have found a way to create literally a lightsaber with a blade that rises out of the handle Mm-hmm. Um, and um, some Disney uh, park executive had this at a meeting earlier this week. There's no video or photo, sadly, but um, there were previous patents that explain how this works with like plastic cylinders and motors that make it grow and, and retract. And there's a, like a light strip in it that makes it look like it's extending like a real lightsaber. And if they don't start selling these immediately, I'm going to be very upset like, within a year. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure that these are going to be extraordinarily expensive, but of course nerds will buy it for sure. Uh, and the way I that it was described, at least from somebody that actually saw it happening, yeah. is the executive that was holding had a very kind of bulky unrefined hilt so the speculation is that that is going to be trimmed more down to something more realistic yeah so i guess maybe slightly expect that that hilt might be a little extra large to house all this stuff so it might not be exactly what a nerd wants but i think the description was that it comes out like in a snap this isn't like a motor that you hear and like it slowly rises up it's supposed to be pretty instantaneous and the only thing that i could think of that does that that I've ever seen is this thing that is always showing up like on social media, like on TikTok and feeds where it's like this coiled up like metal ribbon that is like secured by like a little fastener. And like when it's all compressed, it just looks like a little disc. It looks like like about half the diameter and about the same thickness of like a hockey puck. And then when you release it, it's basically like a huge ribbon spring that springs out instantaneously, but it has a little bit of rigidity to it. So you can like spin it around and it almost kind of looks like the things that you've seen, like, you know, maybe like Nightwing or uh, Robin do like in the Batman universe, right? It's like a retractable like pole. So uh, what I've read in the comments of every time I see like this video posted, it's just like, oh, that's pretty, really pretty cool. But you can't like hit anybody over the head with it or if it'll just like fall apart. So I'm thinking maybe they're doing something like that. They have like maybe some sort of maybe clear, uh, maybe like spring ribbon that shoots out instantaneously. And then, like you said, like an LED ribbon inside of it to glow. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty excited. Uh, There was another toy that I saw. Uh, unrelated to Star Wars, but also with a big price tag on it, a fully automated transforming classic uh, like Optimus Prime that has like all of these servos and motors in it. It's like $700, but like it's, it's a semi and then you hit a button on a remote control and it just transforms into Optimus Prime. And even, and after it transforms, you can even control it like a robot. It'll like walk around and it'll do like poses and stuff. So 
Yeah, I think I think motors and servos and like little microcontrollers are just getting cheaper and smaller and more affordable. It, if you can get you them right now, them. yeah, that's <laughs> I, true. Yeah, if you can, you can get, get them, them right now, it's impressive. Yeah, I think I think this is you know that's always been the uh, the dream, right? Having something you know maybe these aren't lightsabers you go smacking each other with, but you know for cosplayers or people who like want to do videos, you got to have something cool like that, right? Like that that's not just like oh we need to take a video and go post effect it later. Um, because you know, I mean, that was one thing when I went to Disney world for, for my honeymoon, I bought plastic lightsabers, love them. The ones that retract and snap back out. Um, but you know, they don't go all the way into the hilt sometimes, or, you know, the ones that do are the cheaper ones you used to buy at the stores. And now they have the ones that have the um, detachable blades, right? The, the glass blades mm. that you can get there and you get you, when you build your own. So I think that's cool. But like, I, I want to see what this looks like. I want to see the video, show us the footage disney we know it exists so yeah there's supposed to be also a new lightsaber experience coming to i don't know what star wars park it was but it's like an you're supposed to put on ar glasses Mm -hmm. and uh you're supposed to be able to like you know do the whole like force you know block the uh laser with your lightsaber so we'll see uh we'll see if that maybe that that probably tees into that gift shop you leave that and then you can buy your lightsaber there yeah, and and um, that they have that kind of already in what was uh, uh, the uh, Darth Vader VR game, right? Like the uh, mm-hmm. the Darth Vader's dojo, whatever. So if you, I imagine if they can do that, they have that built up, and then just instead of a background, make it clear with AR. I think that would be perfect with that. That'd be pretty fun. So mm-hmm. knock down on one. Keep it in the realm of Star Wars, the Bad Batch. Uh, reports are there's at least 14 episodes in this series at least uh the composer said he was working on episode 14 recently on a podcast and i'm like wow mm-hmm. i expected like maybe eight six or eight um mm-hmm. this is at least double you know what i had averaged out in my head so i think that's pretty impressive right i mean that means they gotta have a little bit of faith in this or there's more that they're not showing us maybe we're only seeing the first you know couple three episodes in the trailer what do you think i mean also i'm sure uh i'm sure filoni is an executive producer on this he might not be running the room if you will but he's definitely attached and he's he's pretty much a made man over there after mando so if he Mm. wants 14 episodes he gets 14 episodes (laughs) yeah uh, we've got money from you man yeah you 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 get you get to make some show i'm excited to kind of see what they are and where these characters end up along the way maybe maybe along it'll be be definitely interesting so and speaking of other uh, Filoni created characters, Ahsoka, the uh, the logline for the upcoming show has been reported. Maybe give us a little insight on the plot of this mm-hmm. series. And this is kind of followed what I, I talked about a little bit is, you know, um, based on the end of Rebels, Ahsoka Tano is on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in hopes that it'll help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago at the end of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently she'll pick up Sabine Wren along the way and... Um, you know, find Thrawn and maybe uh, Ezra along the way. There's no confirmation, but I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good log line to get the show up and going. So, mm-hmm. I mean, any insight to that? Yeah. I know you haven't watched yeah, Rebels. I, I know you're yeah. you're a little less. Uh, yeah, I don't know much that. about Rebels, but uh, it sounds like uh, Thrawn was like he was the big the antagonist for that show. I, I know uh, I watched just a couple episodes of the first season and Thrawn was just kind of like a, a larger enemy and there was somebody else lower on the line. I think it was like another colored alien, but it wasn't mm-hmm. blue. It was like a different dude. Uh, so they obviously graduate to Thrawn at some point in time during that series. But yeah. um, think- Ahsoka's episode was badass in Mandalorian. So uh, it, it, really they could have given me any long lo- log line. It could have said yeah. Ahsoka Tano opens up a restaurant and just serves sandwiches for- Oh my God. You know, eight episodes. Does she take like, over okay, from Dexter Jetster? Yes, that diner. Oh my gosh. 
I love it. That's that's the best place to be. I I, I wish they put that put Dexter Jetster's diner at a Disney, right? That's the Star Wars <laughs> diner that yeah. you need. So sign me up. Well, I mean, yep, Ahsoka, great show. I'm I think uh think I'm looking forward to it. Switching mm-hmm. up a bit, uh, Mike, you've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, yes, a right bit. on time. I saw it trending this weekend, and I think it's the year anniversary of the remake coming out, which is funny. I guess people will celebrate an anniversary of anything, even a remake of a video game the year after it came out. But, uh, yeah, I've been playing it, and, and it's fun. Yeah, um, I think it came out like right in the middle of the pandemic too. So it was like a perfect kind of thing. Like I think yeah. that what was the animal crossing game came out around the same yeah, time. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just got my first uh, summon Ifritit or how do you say it? Ifrit. 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 Yeah, yeah. I never know how to say these names, but uh, I just used my first summon. And I was like, Oh, this thing's badass. I can give it commands and stuff. So cool. Yeah. Uh, my PlayStation is not hooked up right now, but I, I hope to get back to it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, talking about final fantasy seven, uh, the sequel movie advent children, uh, complete release hits 4K Blu-ray and digital uh, coming up. There's a pre-order for this. It's coming out soon. Now, I did not know this, but apparently, you know, like many games from Square Enix, the Final Fantasy World, like all those, what is it, the uh, Kingdom Hearts games, like mm-hmm. 2.5 HD remastered Dreaming Edition. Um, they, they come out with Advent Children Complete, which adds 26 extra minutes of extra footage to this movie, oh. which is wild. Um, like where they just they just rendered out 26 extra minutes and then didn't put it in there, which yeah, seems like a lot of work for 2005. <laughs> uh, but um, you know this this movie set two years after the original game, uh, not the remake, but I feel like they look the same whenever you look at them. So if you're a big fan of that and you want to get the 4K upgraded version of this, I didn't even think now now correct me if I'm wrong, when they render out stuff like that, do you think they were rendering in 4K back then, Mike? Or do you think, I don't like, know. how do they That's actually something this? I was thinking of, too. Like, the, uh, the kind of uh, programmatic side of my brain would think the best way to make a CG animated movie is to make it uh, and get it 100% finished, and the last thing you have to do is just hit your export setting and then just render whatever your computer can handle. And then it's almost like you've kind of future-proofed yourself. You know, come back to this movie in 10, 20 years with a better computer, and now you can render it at a higher level. But I have a feeling that's not how it works. I'm sure it's a little bit more cobbled together at the very end. Oh, we got to slide this lap, last clip in here to hit this uh, to hit this due date. We don't have time to do everything perfectly, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but... If the Advent Children, if this was intended at any point in time for a for a movie theater, right, you have to kind of hit a minimum resolution to do mm-hmm. that. So yeah, maybe they did render it at a, at a higher at a higher at a higher level that wasn't you know readily available for the DVD when it was released. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know how that works because you know I'm I'm thinking you know I was actually thinking about this earlier because I'm I'm weird like that. Most films that were filmed digitally in um you know the, the early 2000s right they were limited by the pixels uh mm-hmm. that they filmed so they were probably filming maybe 1080 maybe 2k um you know maybe a little higher but like you know when they go to upscale those to 4k they don't actually have those pixels there so what do you do in that situation well you have to go through like a uh, like a 4k upscaling resolution kind of thing uh and you yeah, know maybe they did that with this maybe they had the um I wouldn't say it's vector files, but maybe the animation was there. And then maybe they could like, hey, uh, we're going to move the slider up a little bit more now that our computer mm. can handle it. 
Hey, uh, I mean, speaking of, speaking of uh, upscaling, my, my wife used to work over, you know, for the Flash over at the CW, and when they were doing the big crossover with where they brought back the Smallville farm and those ca- and those uh, set of casts and those sets, they had to get an establish- establishing shot for the Kent farm that they just didn't have on set, so they actually had to track down the old, like, uh, cassette tape that held that information and then they had to digitize it and then they had to send it off to an upscaling uh specialty upscaling place to get it ready just to air like an hd on um on tv so yeah there's definitely houses out there that can upscale your stuff but if you're starting straight from a digital point of view that might not be much of an issue yeah Uh, and and another thing too is since i'm always coming across a bunch of random stuff on the internet uh there was one where there's like this group of just like uh developers or maybe if maybe it's not maybe it's just one person that's like really really into it where they're up where they're upscaling old final fantasy games uh i think it was so this would have been probably in the super nintendo era so let's just say like final fantasy 5 i don't even know what that one looks like but let's just say it uh and they they what they're doing is they're putting it through like this upscaler and they're like uh, upscaling all the graphics and everything and it looks really really cool you can actually make out a lot more of the details because even back then they would make these assets these uh you know computer assets and they couldn't render it quite all the way to play on the video game consoles they're making them for but if you go back into those original files and you render out some of them now they look even better than they used to so uh yeah i mean that's basically what uh final fantasy advent children is right it's just another final fantasy game with no interactivity (laughs) yeah i mean it's i would say it's a whole different if you go look at the original seven and and advent children you're gonna be like oh (laughs) uh how they get that this much of a guy out of a little sprite it's interesting but i know i i remember um reading it was earlier maybe this year uh was it that they the original final fantasy 7 had been upscaled uh using like ai tactics rather than than that but i i mean i i mean i just think because like, i went to film school right everything we shot was on film and when you shoot on film or or tape guess what there's no pixel resolution right because there's no pixels on, on video so it depends on how much you scan in so whenever they like oh we're releasing a 4k remaster version it means they had to go back and actually like go through each frame of the film scan it and clean it up and do that um i'm actually part of a group who is doing that with star wars the demastered editions i think we've talked about before right mm-hmm. um they're actually going back to the old getting old film canisters and reels as a fan project so it's not a disney thing but like they're actually like restoring star wars back to the original theatrical version as much as possible but also doing it at a 1080 and 4k level which is impressive that's a huge that's a huge undertaking so for a fan mm-hmm. for a fan project but anyway advent children uh, if you want to know what happens after the original final fantasy 7 this is set two years after it you can go pick this up and watch it i don't know if it's streaming anywhere i i couldn't tell you uh where anime movies or final fantasy movies stream uh, but you'll probably be able to find it um could be on netflix and we'll talk about that here in a second but first into the spider verse 2 mike i always forget this movie's coming because they i think they're gonna need to get a better name for it but right but like into the into the, the another yeah, Spider Verse. These beautiful artistic animated films, they take a while to make. So <laughs> you hear about them, and then you then you don't and, hear about them for a long time. Well, and the cool part is, is, is you know when we, we did the learned about this movie, they took in like each character has its own frame rate, has its own animation style, right? Because they're all from different universes. So it's not something mm-hmm. you're gonna rush because you're like, oh, this one panel is uh great. Was that what one second? Like one second of film took a week? Is that how the original one kind of worked? I think. Um, 
something like that. Maybe maybe it's the other way around. But um, maybe one minute was a week or something like that. I don't I don't know. But either way, um, voice actor Christopher Daniel Barnes, who voiced the animated series Spider-Man, is in talks to uh, return as Peter Parker in this movie, which I think is that sounds pretty good to have him in there, right? Explore more universes. Yeah, yeah the '90s Spider-Man. The animated show was my intro to the whole Marvel Universe as a whole. I mean, I was a cartoon kid. It took me a while to pick up a comic book. Uh, wasn't a big fan of reading as a kid. I just wanted to watch cartoons and movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So this is what brought me into the whole lore of Marvel in general. You had a lot of cross. You had not a lot of crossover, but you did indeed have crossover with some of oh. the '90s Marvel stuff. You know, Spider-Man popped up with the X-Men. You would have a lot of multiple versions of Spider-Man uh-huh. show up in those later seasons of the '90s animated ones. So. Yeah, th- th- this makes total sense. This yeah, I'm so the, stoked for a, this. An iconic show uh, mm-hmm. needs to be in this movie. And I, I think. Oh, and they gotta have the. Uh, I believe it was like the. Is it Nine Inch Nails that did the intro? Uh, uh, lick to it. I don't. Uh, they, I don't they, think they, so. It, they didn't do it, but it, but it has that metallic '90s guitar, right? Like the. Mm-hmm. Um. The the the. I, I mean, I, I can't do it. I'll probably see if I can play it later because you made me think of it. Because it does the same <laughs> thing because, you know, the X-Men um, had the same kind of intro, right? Like, the X-Men movies, for all their faults and, and wins, they actually never implemented that song once in any of their movies. Uh, and the, 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 the intro was performed by lead guitarist of Aerosmith. I knew that there was, okay. a, I knew that there was a, a rock origin for sure to that song, but they got to put that lick in there when, oh, yeah. they, when they introduce them. That'd be so rad. Exactly, because every Spider-Man has an intro, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, being that as iconic, you know, I would love to see other stuff kind of kind of dive into this as well. Um, maybe, what was that? Um, we don't have to dive necessarily into other TV shows, um, but what was that one superhero squad with that little chibi animated style kind of the superhero squad animation would be fun to see, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, and then they always want the, what was it? The, uh, seventies or the Japanese Spider-Man who had the, uh, oh, the yeah. mech I think that, Leopardon. I think that's almost been confirmed yeah. by Phil Lord and Chris Miller that we will be seeing a variation yeah. of Japanese Spider-Man. Yeah. So I think they can go all out and bring more in because now we're used to the idea. Let's, let's have some mm-hmm. fun with it. Um, and go down that route. So, uh, good frame. And also, uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes did a lot of the video game Spider-Mans later on after the show mm-hmm. wrapped up. So you can check them out in those. Speaking of Sony properties, Spider-Man and more Netflix and Sony um, have come to an agreement that the all Sony movies uh, starting in 2022 will be going to Netflix uh, for their streaming uh, run, if you will, for the first 18 months. Locking it down. This is, I, I think, this is a win for everybody, right? Uh, you know, a lot of people are worried about studios acquiring other studios and just becoming these uh, behemoths. You know, kind of hinders competition a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I like that the idea that there is a future where movie studios can just be movie studios. They no. make they make hits. They make good stuff, and then uh, after they hit their theatrical run, you know, it goes someplace else, and they can make money off of that too. Yeah. Uh, I, so this is great because I have a Netflix subscription, and I don't have a, a Stars subscription. I think that's where Spider Man is right now. You have to like watch it so, on Stars yeah, or something like that. So the the current agreement is with Stars. So it's going from Stars mm-hmm. to Netflix. I think that's a bigger win. You know, Netflix is more universal. Even though I don't have it, you know, personally, I could easily see myself. If I want to see these on streaming, get a Netflix oh. account or share one. Um, also, I agree with you. You know, I, I wasn't worried about Sony merging or being bought out, but like 
everyone's making their niche streaming app, right? You got to have Peacock. You got to have Paramount Plus. You got to have Disney mm-hmm. Plus. I, I, I didn't want another streaming app to watch the Spider-Man movies. Um, so I'm glad that they just like, Sony's like, yeah, we'll sell it. Hell, we'll, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll make some money with this. Uh, that includes Spider-Man and Venom franchises. And I believe Morbius will be the first major release from the studio to be on the service. Um, mm-hmm. If I, and I use major release very loosely here, uh, mostly from the press release. Uh, I don't think it's that. It's Uncharted. Uh, that's also a Sony movie that will be over there uh, if you're looking to, to stream that. So that, mm-hmm. that's a big win. you know. Um, and then also I read a little more details that um, this deal with Netflix and Sony includes a first look for Netflix for direct to streaming titles from Sony. Um, so mm-hmm. if Sony or slash Columbia, whatever they want to make, wants to make a movie for streaming, uh, Netflix has to meet so many a year that they purchase, but they could also, you know, pass on them as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time, Disney was in talks to possibly get the streaming rights, at least for the Spider-Man movies alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that also doesn't make a whole lot of sense because uh, once you kind of take Spider-Man out of the equation of Sony, like, yeah, you're left with like Jumanji and some other stuff, but I believe really, it's a James it's Bond. The Spider-Man's, uh, maybe, but who knows yeah. what happens if MGM ends up selling that and, and where yeah. that could go. Maybe you can't get a long-term agreement with those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wonder if maybe just Netflix came in hard and was just like, no, we want this. We want, uh, one of the most iconic superheroes on our streaming service, at least for, did they say it was four years? I wasn't. I don't remember quite the I didn't, length. I didn't. I don't remember the length. But there's an 18 month exclusive window, which mm-hmm. means that they could eventually be on multiple services. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. So like, ho- yeah. I mean, I, as much as I, 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 I know Spider Man is is owned by uh, Sony. Um, mm-hmm. I just wish you know it was on disney so we could have the full list of marvel movies i mean mm. i i don't care if it's on multiple places i wish we had it also the incredible hulk i know a lot of people are like well it doesn't really count but there's still actors and things in this and the upcoming um she hulk movie will pull back actors from this i i wish they were mm. all in one place so we don't have to go everywhere to watch all the mcu movies so but at least it's on a, a pretty a pretty uh, popular common denominator yeah. Yeah. that is Netflix. So, yep. like we said at the top of the show, with uh, Netflix and HBO Max kind of being tastemakers, uh, once uh, twenty twenty two rolls around, I bet we'll see more people. Uh, making social media posts about Spider-Man movies because no one has stars. Nobody's watching uh, uh, Spider-Man over streaming right now. It's, you know, yeah. a lot of people probably own it and are watching it that way. But yeah, once it's a uh, once uh, Netflix puts it on their homepage, people will be talking about Jake Gyllenhaal and Mysterio all over again. Mm-hmm. I also, um, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, was that American Gods was on Stars and Stars just canceled it after its third season. And I saw a bunch of people like, well, there's no reason to even have this streaming service anymore. So yeah. uh, I feel I feel Star's streaming is going out the window pretty quickly if they don't. Well, uh, yeah, it looks like deals. Lions looks like Lionsgate, one of the one of the other studios that is kind of just out there without a streaming service, owns Stars as well. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? I'm I'm just expecting maybe somebody to scoop up Lionsgate at some point in mm-hmm. time, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe the Lionsgate was it Legendary is the other one that's kind of out there too that kind of does the the B movie stuff like that. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, all your big Sony stuff. Um, that includes again. I um, Last of Us is going to HBO, which is interesting. Um, but all the movies will be on Netflix after that. Jupiter's Legacy, an upcoming comic book to series adaptation from Mark Millar, uh, part of the Miller World 
uh, books the, the that that contract he has with Netflix, right? Um, creator of what? Kick Ass. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the other stuff he did. Um, uh, Kingsman. Uh, creator of Kingsman. Mark Millar. He's been in a lot of other comic books along the way, but his this is creator own titles. Jupiter's Legacy is finally getting a show on Netflix. Here we got our first trailer for it this week. Um, uh, I always forget Josh uh, Duhamel is in this. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Probably. I think it's Dumel or Dumal. Dumal or something. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, he's <laughs> in it, and then he plays a young version and his older version of himself, which he looks weird, all aged up a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. that's that's how the comic book goes. Uh, are you familiar with Jupiter's Legacy? <laughs> no, not at all. I honestly thought that this was like some sort of weird offshoot of uh, Jupiter Ascending, and I was like, well, the Wachowskis are connected to Netflix a little bit. But once I clicked into it, and uh, the the Mark Millar like kind of text pops up me about halfway through the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is part of that deal where they acquired Millar. Uh, uh, world is yeah. that what it's called Millar World yeah. uh, where they acquired them quite a few years ago so I was like oh this is the first fruits of that deal finally coming through and I, I kind of ebbed and flowed throughout this trailer right it kind of starts out pretty generic of just like oh, okay another like another kind of dark and gritty and you know kind of the alt look at what's it like to be a superhero mm-hmm. like what if superheroes were real how would the world really treat them and she's like well we've kind of seen that with the boys you know we've right. seen it with some other stuff already even kind of marvel is starting to move towards like oh kind of what's maybe what's more of the realistic world look of uh, superheroes out there now so gritty see, mike it's so gritty <laughs> and then you see mark's name in the middle of it and you're just like oh okay you know this could this could be a possibility because you know you know he does know how to craft a story mm-hmm. as well i'm a fan of kick ass so maybe maybe there's something going on here and then they start to get into some of the more action set pieces and it's just like okay at least this looks good at least some of this action looks badass yeah. and then you kind of have to remind yourself like oh did i have maybe similar thoughts about the umbrella academy <laughs> and that show ended up being amazing probably one of my favorite shows kind of airing right now yeah. very much looking forward to season 3 so i mean if they can pull off another umbrella academy which gets Netflix top streaming money. numbers yeah. like it's it's like it's not just one of the best it's not one of the best performing superhero shows of all time it's like one of the best performing shows for Netflix like it's right up there with Stranger Things so if they can pull the same thing off with this there's reason to look optimistic but I think it's more just kind of like I think I asked you because it had been a few days since I'd seen the trailer I was just like okay what's the unique selling proposition of this story right like what's yeah. what's the what it's what's its niche because I, I couldn't even remember after I watched the trailer for a couple days so I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign I just remember there was like a superhero with like a beard and it's, he was all <laughs> sad about something it's <laughs> it's not like this trailer I will tell you gives none of the story away right mm-hmm. I, it's it's this is a a what we call the money shot trailer right like oh my gosh look at these slow motions these superhero effects you know this what i would compare this to is a lot more like invincible than umbrella academy uh in terms of of tone if you will mm-hmm. um but like you know this because it deals with generations we've been watching right the the invincible right it deals with oh your dad's um, a mom or superhero and now you're young and you have superpowers like what does that look like well this is more of a negative reaction than invincible um you know the these 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 six people went to this island got superpowers they've been fighting supervillains you know around the world but now they're um their children have superpowers and you like this is my legacy but the kids are like you know kids these days so they're dealing with like you know, rats <laughs> yeah yeah they'll, they'll do like popularity and, and you know like oh we're we're models because you know we're we're children of superheroes kind of thing so yeah uh, also i i don't know if it did them any favors that the trailer dropped i think like the same day that that melissa mccarthy 
Thunder Force movie came out, and I I was never gonna watch it yeah. in general, well, but I just I just looked up the reviews for it, and, and they were not yeah not positive at all. Well, so it, you don't want to associate that kind of superhero feeling when you're it, watching. A well, I think I think it was right? just like you know for them synergy, right? Like here's our original superhero movie, and then here's our upcoming thing because we don't yeah. have an umbrella three. Academy season three anytime soon. So like, okay, we'll do this, which I think that gives them, I mean, knowing what they did with that show. I mean, I'm excited to see this. Um, also the showrunner uh, for this for a bit was Steven Denight, who started the daredevil series as well. So mm-hmm. um, he's got, he's got a history of starting things and not finishing them, but you know, doing good work along the way. Um, what, what I, Oh, this random thing just popped in my head since we were talking about uh, show creators and stuff like that. I, I forgot to mention at the top, when you watch that very first episode of Ewoks, you're going to see an amazing written by title of Paul Dini wrote the first episode yeah. of Ewoks. So if you're not familiar with, he worked on all of the Batman animated series stuff, even wrote on Lost. It was just hilarious to see his name up front mm-hmm. uh, before that. Well, so, you know what this uh, is. But the creator of the, the showrunner for uh, Daredevil, that, I think that's, uh, that's pretty soothing. Yeah, well, you know what they say. They can't all be winners, Mike. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. But uh, Trooper's Legacy, it was a 10-issue comic book um, series, I believe believe it ran like it ended around 2011 2012 kind of thing um and and i'm, I'm interested to kind of see kind of what they do with this you know because it's got an eight episode season are they going to do the whole thing or not um because there are some some twists and turns in that in that book that are going to you know play out very interesting in this show um <laughs> it's not it's not a, it's not a friendly kind of book um along the way but i'm interested to see i mean i'm very interested to see what they do and then there's also a prequel comic that came out later called jupiter circle um, mm. so maybe they, they kind of, maybe they intermit some of this back and forth, like, cause Jupiter circle is essentially how the, the quote unquote parents got their powers, you know, a long time ago, a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could see them mix and matching kind of what they did with umbrella Academy, right? They mixed, um, Dallas and hotel oblivion kind of along the way or not hotel oblivion. Um, the first season, which is, uh, I forget what the first one's called anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this. Again, there's not they're not giving anything away other than some effects and some you know some big name actors in here. But um, yeah. cautiously optimistic is yeah. where I'm at. It all drops May seventh, so you know here in a month we'll we'll probably have more. They tend not Netflix tends to hype their stuff up at the last like two two met like two weeks or they one week know the it. attention span of people nowadays yeah. they can't hold on to that information for too long right and that's also <laughs> the same month uh, modok comes out in may as well so um mm-hmm. b- big superhero month for may all, all around all right here it is we're at the falcon and winter soldier section of the show episode four came out this week mm-hmm. on friday there are spoilers below so if you've not seen it get out go watch it come back um if uh you have seen it and uh, you want to you know listen go on ahead and as always if you have thoughts feelings make sure you um tweet us um message us email us i don't care how you get all of us we'll listen because uh, <laughs> we know you're watching it. i i see on twitter when people are watching this stuff mike uh, i see i see our listeners interact with each other that's awesome it's beautiful so i know people are watching it and they're upset when they don't get to see it, see it see it like the first day because um i was ruined a little bit around this episode and i was just on a normal work day and i was like oh like, no you, spoilers you sons of bitches like <laughs> whether i like it or not just wait you know until that afternoon to, to give mm-hmm. me some stuff so um episode four i landed this week of six um i i'm gonna be honest mike i i think this was a even though i'm i'm a more positive note than you this was an upswing from last week's for me a little bit i think uh the the ending is what you know th- there are some much better fight scenes in here 
Uh, I think the um, I know you're not a fan of the Zemo dance, even though I sent you the one hour cut that Marvel <laughs> released uh, this week. I, th- I think they're having fun with it, and that's great um, at the expense of the release of Snyder cut people because you know they they can be very much vulgar assholes in that world. They can be nice too, but you know Marvel's at least having a little fun with that. But I think you know the fight scenes were awesome. In this it's great to see the Dora Milaje outside of Wakanda kind of thing come up and. Um, uh, and I think we got that history of, you know, how Bucky got his, you know, we get to see him like the first moment he wasn't brainwashed for a moment, which I think we talked mm-hmm. about last week. I'm like, oh, I think that's coming. And uh, we, we did get it here. We, I don't think we talked about that last week, did we? The uh, Ayo showing up at the end of the, the episode. Yeah, it was just at the, it was at the, it was the stinger at the very end of the episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to <laughs> there talk was, about there. Yeah, oh, they, uh, <laughs> there's, because I, I saw, I saw him pick up the, the little, the little bead. It's on like, the I bottom. found your, I found your marbles, lady. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's right here. Yeah. Do you, we gonna, we gonna go play? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I had a better upswing. I don't know how you feel. I don't think you're having a good time with this show, but uh, I, I, I will, I will start out positive and point yeah. out the three moments that are good in this. Okay. Uh, at the very, very, very beginning, we do see Bucky and the origins of kind of him healing in Wakanda uh, with I, I can't remember her name, but part of the Dora Milaje. A A O A Y O. Yeah. Yeah, so we see her there, and I love the way this episode started because there was so much emotion behind it, right? We yeah. get to see uh, Bucky like he's he's at his like lowest, like he not lowest, but also the, they're almost like tears of happiness mm-hmm. too that he's finally broken it, if I can, out of this chain. If I can interject, I believe yeah. um, the actor uh, Sebastian saying if if there's any reason he deserves like an Emmy or whatever for this TV show is that scene right there. Like he yeah. doesn't say a great. word, but he sells it the whole way through. Yeah. Great, great moment there. And I'll, I'll circle back to that moment. Um, after I mentioned the other two things and the other one was the Dora Milaju fight scene. Mm-hmm. That was so great. Like anytime you interject any sort of Wakanda <laughs> energy into anything MCU, it's absolutely amazing. And I, it makes me very excited for the uh, the Wakanda TV show in whatever form it possibly takes. Because if we just get more of that, I mean, holy cow, I'm on board 100%. And then the very, very moment at the end, right, yeah. where we get to see uh, a Wyatt Russell with the bloody shield. The, just the juxtaposition there of imagery the is just really, really great. The, yeah, that, like the, the, the turning point, I believe. Of, I'm going to call it the turning point of the show, really. because Yeah, I, th- that's probably a good way to look at it, too. All, all of those three moments were very, very, very good. I just am not liking how anything, anything is being stitched together. To me, it just seems incredibly messy, like very amateur and like I I have notes that I could go through here but you know I'll I'll just kind of go through here just little uh bit by bit of just things that are popping into my head like if you go back to the very beginning of like Bucky starting with that strong performance to me it just reminds me of how flat and boring the show has been for me like every character is just some combination of angry or smarmy like nobody's really showing any range which is so upsetting because I know all of these characters have range. Even watching Russell Riot and Lodge 49, I know all of these people can tackle so much better material than what they're being given. And everybody's always talking about the most interesting things that I want to see. Like, I think you will also agree that uh, a flaw that the show has is we're not really 100% sure what the Flag Smashers are doing. I mean, we kind of have the energy of that they're fighting back against, you know, corruption in some sort of way. But we never have gotten a chance to see it. Everybody's talking about how these people have come back from the blip and they've been displaced 
in some way, but they're only telling us. They're not showing us. Like, I can't connect to these quote-unquote bad guys in any way at all because, like, I don't know where their homes were. I don't know where we are half the time. We just seem to be in some sort of generalized Eastern Europe. And are they supposed to be there? Were they never there? No one's accent makes a lot of sense. And everybody's like not being tracked and also being tracked at the same time because characters just kind of show up out of nowhere. It it seems like the new Captain America and is his name Star Lad? I don't remember what his Uh, character name is. It was Battlestar. (laughs) Yes, it it was Battlestar. They seem to just kind of like show up conveniently when they need to be there. But also there's this whole crux of them trying to hunt people down so uh, the getting from a to b is just very very messy in general when you're just talking about characters just moving throughout the show Mm -hmm. so that's when i get to things of just things just like seem messy and it just reminds me of like this uh this iconic thing that i remember from the russo brothers and i think this was around the time of the winter soldier and i would say this is very very relevant considering these brothers are the ones that kind of created the on-screen characters that we are really seeing in this show And they were quoted basically saying that when they're trying to like solve these problems, when they're making their movies and like telling their stories is they know that they know that they're not always going to get everything perfect. Right. You know, when you're making a movie that's at a certain length, you know, you can't always solve every problem. So you have to go out of your way to make sure everything on the screen is popping off so well. You got to make sure that you're executing 99 percent of the time. So when there's there's something that you can't quite solve and can't quite figure out, the audience will just let that go. They're just like, okay, this is totally fine. I, I will suspend my disbelief for this one moment because I'm having such a good time. But I feel like in most in the show most of the time, I'm just like so bored. I'm just so unaffected until something kind of jarring happens, like blood on the shield. It kind of wakes me up a little bit. Or the Dora Milaje comes in and like kicks butt with some spears. That kind of wakes me up a little bit. But most of the time... My eyes are just glazed over and I'm just mm-hmm. waiting for the conversations to just end and that we can just get to something interesting. It just it just kind of feels like a, a more expensive episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's a little frustrating just because I feel like I'm on the outskirts here. Like I'm watching all of these people have so much fun with the show and I'm just like, I wish I want to have fun. I want to have fun with you people because I love all of these characters. I love everything that's happening. It's just I'm just bored like they're not even the action scenes are starting to get a little bit more exciting but they're not even really creative right you know one of the one of the biggest downers when you're watching like a cw superhero show is like when the action scenes happen you do kind of just check out because it's all just kind of just generic choreography of just like okay we're just trying to get to a means to the end at Mm -hmm. the end of this scene I'm starting to get the vibes with that show, with this show a little bit. You know, I'm glad some shocking stuff has happened in the last episode, but uh, I, I, I don't think that this can be entirely turned around for me, which is a little bit unfortunate, uh, which is why it was very cathartic to see that trailer for, for Loki. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that now, but everything here just just i want more i want i want more and i want well, more intelligence I, to the storytelling cuz we were talking earlier about madripoor like talk about this like fantastical land where all of these like seedy villains operate and stuff like that and i feel like even there last week it wasn't even that interesting they went to like one bar for a second and everybody just seemed to be like um just to be uh, just a so, generic kind of like a gangster just hanging around. So I, I don't know. Chris. This, I'm just not having a good time. This, I, I'm I'm actually having an increasingly good good time. I think I'm on the other. I'm having a better time as it goes. I agree <laughs> jealous fr- of you, Chris. From, from, from a storytelling <laughs> point of view as someone who, who went to film school, wrote scripts, right? 
Like they're they are moving very quickly through this, and I don't know if it's because it's six episodes, um, or what. Because like you know the character John Walker, you know I thought in in episode two it was going to you know they kind of gave him a little bit of a backstory, right? Like hey, this is why he was chosen as Captain America. Who chose him? Uh, you know what what's the backstory? They're trying to you know move very quickly through this and i'm not sure what the speed is for it and what what know, maybe... what what specifically drives me crazy about uh, john walker just within the the narrative of the own story that they're telling is you know we do see him have the superhero ser- serum now so now he's kind yeah. of like this unstoppable force right but if he is supposed to be this this icon that the that the military industrial complex were propping up to be this new symbol of american power after the blip why would they let somebody who is so important just run around with one person for backup? Mm. He's really good at throwing a vibranium shield, but he is by no means invincible. One bullet to this dude's face would kill him. And they just let him run in and out of these very dangerous situations. And it's just like, that is totally contradictory of the reason why he exists. So like, it wasn't until he got the serum in this episode does it now make sense for him to like run around gallivanting? It's just like you're at, you're letting this very important asset to the United States just run around right. without it, backup. Like it almost kind of seems like I can't think of an, a, a current example off the top of my head, but usually when somebody is running around like playing make believe or trying to be a symbol, usually it's it, it, the hypocrisy is backed up by like a fleet of soldiers behind them. It's just like oh you're not so tough without the the fleet of people that are around here to protect you. But it's just like why are they letting him run around? Like well, he could easily just be killed. But he's also I, I believe you know um um being a Captain America, he seems to be more in tune with the military than actually Captain America was. Captain America was more of an Avenger, right? Um, not working with the military, excommunicated for a while. And this guy seems to be more military based and focused, like, right? Like, he's like, oh, like, I'm with the, the army and stuff like that. Uh, so I, it, it's very interesting that they're just letting him, like, have jurisdiction across the world uh, in that, in that kind of regard. Whereas the Avengers have less <laughs> jurisdiction because they're like, yeah, we're the Avengers, we're world saviors. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I need to see a little bit more. I wish we had more with him. I think, you know, what little screen time he's got hasn't earned him the right from being like oh america's um chosen boy to complete psychopath who murdered someone while everyone was filming around him it is moving very the the cuts are very weird it's been cut to move quickly so i think there's more here that we're not seeing or more that was written that they couldn't film so i'm interested to see that but at the same time you know i did not expect the uh, wakanda history of bucky to kind of come into play as much i think that's been a very very great touch especially because they have personal vendetta against zemo himself it's not just oh you're you're a war criminal because you you know did this against avengers you actually i forgot for a while he killed their king and now they're like okay well you know we we uh we're gonna come get him kind of thing so i'm excited to see how these wakanda people um whether it's the the dormilaje or anybody else you know it comes into the show in the next two episodes where that ends up does that does bucky leave you know excommunicated from them as well along the way i I don't know there's a lot to be questioned here will sam's sister be able to get her boat mike that's that's the real question the end of the show will he be on a boat shrimping out out there i don't know i want to see i'm joking that's that's being me being facetious here um but i i'm i'm actually enjoying the show i think the the action scenes were much better this time around i'm i'm having a really really good time with it and i i really i i mean i, I really have been enjoying this show so um 
I, I know we cut off there, but I'm still talking. So I, I hope you didn't say anything else. Uh, but <laughs> well, the thing is, whether, whether you like it or not, it's almost over, yeah. right? There's only two episodes left. These six episodes runs uh, move pretty briskly, yeah. uh, I, you know, week-wise, because there's only six weeks of it. So we'll be having a similar experience with Loki with the pace of it. So we'll just kind of things see how everything uh, what, shakes out. Well, what's interesting, and, and what I was going to mention is, you know, this show was originally supposed to be the first show, right, of of the MCU proper. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I echo your sentiment. If this was supposed to be the first post blip show is doing a piss poor job showing us how the world's handling it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very isolated. It is a character. So these characters, but don't mention global problems. If you're not going to give us more of the like, global problem. Like I do like some of the storytelling things that they're trying to accomplish where they'll show us like commercials of what this re re this reappropriation council is supposed to be doing so it it is interesting because that's kind of what you would see in the real world you know you would kind of be making like this quote-unquote i guess propaganda if you will of how people should settle back into it i think they've they've even talked about like oh like i could see like a blip insurance commercial like popping up at some point in time so i do like those storytelling type of things it's just not rubbing off super well i feel like i got so much more of an emotional connection just from the one single scene that they had of the blip in wandavision just that Mm. one brief moment moment in that hospital where people were coming back from being dusted was just more impactful and connected me to the story than anything else that I've seen in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, you know, I know a lot of the time when people think of Marvel, the MCU, the first thing they think about is they think about the quips. They think about, you know, just the the fun action set pieces. But when I've been going back and watching some of these uh, Marvel movies recently, people seem to forget just how dramatic a lot of these stories are. I mean, these are comic book movies, but they are action dramas. You know, there's a lot of intense storytelling that's happening. And, uh, I, I want to see more of that on Disney plus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taken with a, and, with a serious pen to paper. And, and I, I, I just, I feel well, like I'm not quite getting as much of that as I want. I'm, I'm also going to be more forgiving because this is their first foray into the television format. Um, if you go back and watch the original Iron Man and Incredible Hulk and Iron Man Two, not not really. They're they're better through roast and glasses, uh, if you ask me. Like some of those, they, they well, do make I'll some concessions a- early on. So I, I'm hoping I think again. Think about it this way: WandaVision's Iron Man yeah. One and Falcon and the Winter Soldier to me is the Incredible Hulk. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I I enjoy this way more than WandaVision, uh, than I ever could WandaVision because I feel. What, what I hate about WandaVision is there is a character in there, the villain, Agatha, who is given no reason why she's there and what she's doing. I think these, these shows both suffer from um, villain um, uh, building, right? Like, we don't know what's going on with either of them or why they're there, why they happen to be going on. Um, but but I feel like this one, at least, uh, like you said, is shorter. Um, I think we're going to see some probably some more results at the end of this. I don't. Is there a season two in the cards for this, or are they going straight to the movies? I don't know, but I know from all the trailers we've seen, there's going to be a scene where Bucky and and, and Sam are throwing the shield, which I think is going to be like the end of the show at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm excited to see. There, there. I've been reading rumors. There's some high profile actor who's been cast in a very prominent MCU or Marvel comic or character role, and I'm excited to yeah. see this because they keep leading yeah. on with this. I'm like, where is it? 
Where's that? Yeah, person? I saw I saw that news too, and then it gave me flashbacks to uh, everybody thinking Magneto is going to be in Wandavision, which was yeah. ridiculous at, at its face. So at least no one's speculating I, I... <laughs> over this show. I will give them that. I don't see Mephisto being everywhere every week. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, my my wife could tell you uh, firsthand when we were watching Wandavision every week. Uh, since luckily we're working uh, from home, uh, lunchtime every Friday we had to watch Wandavision. That was on the schedule. Uh, make sure there's no meetings. Make sure nothing else is in the way. We're watching Wandavision every Friday at lunch. Friday came along this week. I, I made my lunch. I sat down in front of my computer, and I thought like, oh, forgot Winter Soldier came out today. And I was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'll watch it later tonight. And, you know, so that's basically where my excitement level is at. I'm still watching it on Friday, but I just. Just can't get into it. But, you know, honestly, no one's perfect. The MCU is gigantic and sprawling. They're not always going to have hits for every single person. Uh, And they haven't even been perfect up until now. I'm not a big fan of Ant-Man 2. And, you know, I think Captain Marvel was just kind of okay. So you you can't always have hits. uh, But like we said at the top of the show, man, Loki looks amazing. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not canceling that Disney Plus subscription anytime soon. They are. Well, they got you for three years, Mike. That's why you can't cancel. That's true. But but also I think, you know, there are learning things that hopefully they learn from and and adapt as they go. Um, You know, it's sad that we had to kick off phase four with shows rather than the actual movies. But, you know, um, the next two years, two and a half years are going to be a huge influx of information and probably stuff we may like, oh, I wish we would have had this in order kind of thing. So, uh, mm. again, as we said, the top show, knock on wood, Mike, we're, we're looking forward to that. Everything cyclical. Let's make sure we don't get disconnected before we send us this show off into the ether. <laughs> exactly. Release the Falcon Winter Soldier cut, Mike. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, Mike, that's the end of this show. That's the episode for us. We're going to be back next week, of course, with more. But if people want to know what you're doing, what you're up to this week, where can they find you at? They can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can read my web comics and Property Brothers fan fiction over at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing out there in the world, working on your arcade cabinet, uh, mm-hmm. getting your house ready to sell, you take really nice real estate photos, Chris. Maybe those will end up on social Thank media you. at some point in time. People want to see that. Where can they find uh, you? You can find me on uh Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I got my stickers in for the uh, the arcade today, the sides or this this week, the arcade and the uh, the sides and the uh, control panel is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gotta give a shout to whoever I, I, if I can find the link on Fiverr, I'll put it in maybe next week. And then um, uh, my friends Chad and Eben, who I play Fortnite with, work at a sticker company and did this for me at no charge. Uh, I want to pay them, so if you're listening, please let me know what I owe you. But so far, they're not answering. <laughs> now I'm like, you sons of bitches, uh, take my money. They, they they're, they're fabulous. It's a great quality gloss and a cover on them. It's just superb i'm so happy with it and hopefully i get to finish it this summer um when things kind of you know calm down a little bit as you know like mike said we're potentially moving looking at exploring options in the world right now so that um uh also i mean i'm trying to get ready for comic cons but those don't seem to be like they're coming up anytime soon but we'll catch that later uh people know more about our show what we're doing listen to um our reviews which i i We've got to have one one coming up. We just um, I, I want to do one for Mortal Kombat, Mike. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I wanna. All right, we can do that. Because what I'm gonna do every week, I'm gonna watch Mortal Kombat one, then Annihilation, and then the new one at the end of the month. Ooh, I like it. Um, I'm liking it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I heard the soundtrack for the new one. They take the old Test Your Might song, whichever it's got a name. It's not Mortal Kombat, and they've mm. like made that like upgraded but like spiritually for like 2021 is fantastic i think you'll love it so oh, great i love it um but yeah people know more about a show all that stuff where can they listen to us at 
Oh, it's so easy. All you got to do is head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out that trailer for Jupiter's Legacy or if you want to see uh, the uh, little sizzle reel for Avengers Campus, head on over there. And also, uh, if you look at the little uh, featured image for today's episode, I put a little uh, image of the patent for that lightsaber yes. that's supposed to be uh, popping up on there. Uh, you know, you can find more detailed uh, pictures someplace else, but you know, if you want an easy place to look, just head on over to superheroslate.com. You can see that. We're on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. If you want to throw down with me about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I took notes this week, so I got bullet points that I spared all of you from, but if you want them and you want me to throw them in your face, I will gladly argue Falcon and the Winter Soldier I'm, I'm gonna, with you. I'm going to interject and just say we're all nice people here. No one needs to do this. <laughs> But, you know, that's it'll, fine. It'll, it'll be nice. It'll be a wholesome oh, uh, debate. Oh, God. Uh, but if, if you want to agree and have maybe a, a better time on the internet, you can, you can you know, yell at Chris. And that's fine. have a better time there. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very not, not con- non-confrontational. <laughs> Everyone can have their own opinion. But, Thank you, folks. Uh, whether you disagree with me or not, uh, you're still a super fan, and we love our super fans. Yep. If you want to be a super fan, all you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, be part of the party of getting your vaccine and run out there because in a lot of, in a lot of areas now it's, it's 16 and up. And, uh, I know if you're 16 and up listening to this, you gotta be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, uh, in the next couple months, uh, you're not gonna be able to listen to the show anymore. Like it's not, it's not like we're going to say you can't, but like you'll put the earbuds in and it'll just sound like gobbledygook and it'll be like static. And you'll be like, why can't I hear the show? It's just all static now. It's like, well, it's cause you didn't get vaccinated. Well, uh, uh, my, well, my, 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 after I got my first one, I noticed my, my cell signal was a little higher. Uh, it's those 5g chips well, in, in the needles, right. That I'm. No, yeah, okay. that's true. Okay. I mean, if you want to listen to the show wirelessly, you got to get you got to get the vaccine. It, it just makes our voices sound mm-hmm. all that much better. And we're going to be hiding a uh, secret, um, just secret code words yeah. uh, that only vaccinated Rusted. people can hear. So longing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, freight, freight car. Yeah. Is that, is that the other yeah, one? Homecoming, that's the only one I ever remember. One of the name of Spider-Man movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Homecoming freight car. Uh, so, yeah, go get vaccinated. Uh, we love our super fans and we'll be here uh, next week. Howdy ho. Well, we'll see you then. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. You mean he got through B-movie somehow?